0: you'll take your Bibles this morning, let's turn to Luke's Gospel, chapter number 1. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 1. Sometimes, because of all the distractions that fill this season, we forget to take time to properly praise the Lord the way that we should. Just think about it. Jesus Christ, who is Yahweh, He's the Jehovah God of Old Testament became man so that he might provide salvation through his blood so that by grace through faith we might one day live with him forever in heaven. That is available to anyone and everyone that will repent of their sin and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ in his provision. A great gift, greatest gift that's given. A lot of opening of gifts this morning probably around your house and I know around many houses around the world. But the greatest gift is not under the tree. The greatest gift was placed on a tree. And He's the greatest gift that came from heaven. Um, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Yeah. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God... Is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So today on this Christmas day, I want us to focus on praise of the Lord that is shown to us in Scripture in the days leading up to and, and even on as well on, shortly right after the original Christmas day. We're going to begin by seeing Mary's praise when she was uh, visited by the angel Gabriel and he announced what was going to be happening with her and there's uh, uh, a lot to take in. Think about being a, a young teenage um, uh, girl in Israel and uh, being of humble uh, heritage and being visited by an angel who, who takes and lays on you something that seems too big for you. And it was too big for her, but it wasn't too big for God. God chose... Uh, Mary, as we saw a few weeks ago, God chose the, the parents of Jesus Christ. And, and uh, we see that as uh, she received this message, I want to pick up in verse number 46, and we see Mary's praise of what was told her and what was going to be happening to her. Verse four, number 46, Luke 1 verse 46 says, And, and Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that, hath, he that is mighty hath done me, to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he hath sent away empty. He hath opened his servant Israel. In remembrance of his mercy. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. First we see that Mary's soul magnified the Lord. I like that word magnified. While some chose and choose to magnify Mary at Christmas, Mary chose to magnify the Lord in her life. That word magnify means to make or declare great. It means to increase, to raise, or to exalt. And she wanted to exalt the Lord in her life. And the word is translated magnify here; is translated elsewhere in the New Testament as enlarge, twice, as magnify, five times, and as show great, one time. You know, the psalmist David wrote of magnifying the Lord. It's not just a New Testament concept. It was a concept to uh, David who was was one that praised God a lot. And he was one that worshipped the Lord a lot. As a shepherd boy on the side of a hill, I guess he had a lot of time on his hand. He had to uh, think about things there as he was uh, observing and keeping the flock of sheep for his dad. But the psalmist wrote of this matter of magnifying the Lord he said in Psalm 34, verse number 2 and 3, He says, My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. By the way, that's the only thing we can boast in. Amen. There's nothing in our flesh that we can boast about in reality. Uh, we can boast in the Lord, though. He says, The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. It, the psalmist wanted to others to join in magnifying the Lord and exalting Him. said in Psalm 69, verse 30, he says, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify Him with thanksgiving. Uh, and in Psalm 40, verse 16, it says, Let all those that seek Thee rejoice and be glad in Thee. Let such as love Thy salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified. You know, our desire should be, as Mary's, to magnify the Lord in our soul or life. The Apostle Paul also wrote in the New Testament of magnifying the Lord. He's talking about magnifying the Lord in his own body. In fact, in Philippians 1, verse 20 and 21, I read here, he says, According to, to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He wanted the Lord magnified in his body. He didn't care really what folks wanted to do with him uh, as long as Jesus was going to be magnified in his life. Mary's spirit we see rejoiced in God her Savior. Verse number 47 there, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Mary Mary rejoiced in God her Savior for regarding her. Notice notice verse number 48. So for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaid. He he regarded Mary. We we ought to be uh, uh, thankful that God regarded us. Amen. Think about it. God of the universe took time to make the great provision for our lives that was needed. Psalm 8 verse 4 says, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? Romans 5 verse 8 says, But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ regarded us, God regarded us, even though we were sinners of great magnitude. Mary rejoiced in God her Savior, not only for regarding her, but we see in verse number 49 for, for God doing great things in her life. He said, For he, he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and the holy is his name. The prophet Samuel told the children of Israel these words in 1 Samuel 12 and verse 24. He says, Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider listen, for consider how great things he hath done for you. On this Christmas day, we ought to consider how great things the Lord has done for us. I love the words there in your hymnal. Turn just a minute to, in the great hymn book, to number 66. One of the hymns by Fanny Crosby, a great uh, hymn writer, who was blind, by the way, and uh, she wrote, To God be the glory. And uh, the, the words here... Say, to God be the glory, great things he hath done. So loved he the world that he gave us his Son, who yielded his life in atonement for sin and opened the life gate that all may go in. Verse 2, O perfect redemption, the purchase of blood, to every believer the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Great things He hath taught us, great things He hath done, and great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But pure and higher and greater will be our wonder, our transport, when Jesus we see. Think about how well she could see spiritually, even though physically she was blind. The Lord has done great things in our life, hasn't He? We see that Mary not only rejoiced for God regarding her, for God doing great things in her life, but there in verse 50, she rejoiced in God's mercy. It says, "...and His mercy is on them that fear Him from generation to generation." The Bible says a lot about God's mercy. Psalm 100 verse 5 says, "...for the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting." Aren't you glad it's everlasting? "...and His truth endureth to all generations." Psalm 106 verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord. O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Psalm 107 verse one: Oh, O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Psalm 117 verse 2. For His merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. And of course, When we understand that merciful kindness that is great toward us and that it lasts forever, it ought to be the cause of praise and celebration and rejoicing in our heart. Psalm 118 begins and ends with the same verse. So give thanks unto the Lord for he is good because his mercy endureth forever. And you read that psalm in its entirety. Verse 2, 3, and 4 all state his mercy endureth forever forever. And then there's Psalm 136. There are 26 verses in that psalm, and all 26 verses say, for his mercy endureth forever. Other things are called attention to in there, but the one thing that is focused and magnified on is his mercy endureth forever. Isaiah 63 and verse 7, Isaiah said, I will mention the loving kindness of the Lord and the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord hath bestowed on us, and the great goodness toward the house of Israel, which he hath bestowed on them according to his mercies, and according in the multitude of his loving kindnesses. Isn't it great that the Lord doesn't give us according to ourselves, but according to his mercy and his grace? Man, we're not worthy of it, but he gives. And titus three five says, "It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but it's according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. There in verse uh, in our text verse fifty one and fifty two she praises just praise here for God's strength and victory. verse fifty one says, he hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. God's not impressed with anyone's might, personal might or strength uh, because He is almighty. Amen. And He can strengthen those that have no strength. Psalm 98 verse 1 says, O sing unto the Lord a new song. For He hath done marvelous things, his right hand and His holy arm hath gotten Him the victory. And I thank the Lord for 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Mary also uh, praised the Lord for His provision there in verse 53. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich He hath sent away empty. Uh, uh, psalm 34 verse 9 says oh fear the lord ye his saints for there is no want to them that fear him and we know that our lord and savior said in his sermon on the mount blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled amen and, uh, and the lord is the one that feels that then we see last of all she's Thank God for his faithfulness there in verse 54 and 55. He hath in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Uh, it brings to remembrance there uh, the promises made to Abraham that God was going to bring forth to this Abraham's seed with Jesus Christ being that seed. Uh, Psalm 98 verse 3 says these words. Says, he hath remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. And Luke 21 verse 33 Jesus as he walked the earth said heaven and earth shall pass away but my words shall not pass away. And what a comforting thought that is to think about every promise that's given us in the Word of God, is going to be fulfilled because of who God is and His nature. He is mighty. And He does what He says He is going to do. We see also, uh, look at um, Luke 1 and verse number 64. Luke 1 Verse number 64 here. And we see the praise of Zacharias. Of course, Zacharias is the, the father of John the Baptist. And uh, another miraculous birth here. Not only the virgin birth of our Savior, but uh, uh, Zacharias and his wife were, were elderly. Uh, kind of like Abraham and Sarah were. And God gave them a miracle birth. But God gave Zacharias, Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth also a miracle birth. Look at verse 64. He says, and, and his mouth was opened, talking about Zacharias's, was immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake, notice this, and praised God. What did that praise consist of? Look down at verse 67. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. Let's pause right there. We'll, we'll read the rest of it here in just a minute. But he praised God for his visitation there. Uh, the Emmanuel of Isaiah 7.14 had finally come. The, the, the promise had been given to the prophet Isaiah and to the children of Israel through the prophet Isaiah that there was one that was going to be come that would come and be, be called the Emmanuel, the God with us. And Jesus was that. And Zacharias noticed and he praised God for his visitation in bringing that Emmanuel who was not even born yet. but He was in the womb and he was recognized already by Zacharias as the Christ child. John 1.14 that we dealt with a few weeks back says, oh, The word was made flesh and dwelt among us we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. And in, in Luke 7 verse 16 it says, There came a fear on all and they glorified God saying there that a great prophet is risen up among us and that God hath visited His people. God did truly visit His people in, in the, uh, the flesh and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. We see... The latter part of there, verse 68, says, And not only blessed be the Lord God of Israel for He hath visited, but He hath redeemed His people. He blessed and redeemed His people. The coming Redeemer had been promised. People had been waiting a long time. In fact, they had not heard from the Lord in quite a, a long time. The, the, there was a period of silence between the Testaments. And people were wanting to for the Redeemer. They longed for the Redeemer to come. And the coming of the Redeemer had not only been promised, but he had been proclaimed by the prophets. He had been pictured throughout all the Old Testament. And the coming Redeemer was now present. He was present in the womb of Mary. And he was about to be born and not too long after this and, and uh, be the Savior of the world. He prays prays God for uh, not only his visitation and his redemption, but he prays God for his salvation. Look at verse 69. And hath raised up a horn of salvation. I'll talk about that in just a minute. For raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been, been since the world began that we should be saved from our enemies and from all the hand of all that hate us. The word horn is often used metaphorically to signify strength and honor because horns are the chief weapons and ornaments of the animals that possess them, so they're a type of victory. I was raised on a small farm, and we, uh, uh, my dad had bought some goats uh, at one time, and uh, uh, my best friend's dad uh, had been the on the receiving end of one of the Billy Goat's horns, and he told my dad, he said, "When you kill that goat, I want to be the one to to take him out." And um, I re- rem- remember Dad giving him a call, and he came over, and it was we were going to be cooking that one on Christmas Eve, so he came over to, to to shoot it. He wanted to shoot it right between the eyes, but you know that horn was so. The horns could go into the forehead. And it was so thick that it just ricocheted off of his forehead. Goat attacked him. And was, over there, it was so funny, beating, beating that goat with a 22 rifle. Uh, finally had to shoot him behind the ear to, uh, to, to get him down. But what, what, the idea of what I'm talking about, though, here is uh, it was uh, the chief weapon of that goat was his horn. And that's the chief weapon of the rams there that are mentioned in Scripture. And salvation uh, is the fruition of redemption. Redemption purchases salvation. Salvation realizes redemption and brings it into our actual experience. Oh, what, a, what a wonderful, wonderful thing. First uh, Corinthians one eighteen says, For the preaching of the cross... It's to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, okay. if you're saved, it is the power of God. It's the power of God. And that's what uh, Zacharias was mentioning when he mentioned the horn of salvation, the power of God bringing about that salvation in our life. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 23 through 25 says, But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, And unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. We see that he also praised God, notice here, for for, uh, his faithfulness. Look at verse 72. He says, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham. See, so he's bringing up the same things that Mary did. So God, you've you promised this before. The prophets have talked about it before. The, 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 the fathers, the patriarchs talked about it. A, you know, we know that God swore to Abraham, and here's what he mentions in verse 74, that he would grant unto us that we, would be, that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve Him without fear in holiness and righteousness before Him all the days of our life. Micah 7 verse 20 says this, Thou wilt perform the oath, Thou wilt perform the truth to Jacob and the mercy to Abraham which Thou hast sworn unto our fathers from the days of old. There was no doubt in the prophet Micah's mind that God would fulfill what he said he would fulfill. We see another praise in the next chapter. We see the heavenly host praise. We mentioned last week, Luke, Luke 2, there in verse 13 and 14, and suddenly there was with the angel of a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace peace goodwill toward men. Here we find the angels of God praising their Creator. They are not praising God for His goodness to them, but for His goodness to us. Amen? His goodness to the children of men. Too often we're guilty to only praise God for what He's personally done for us. We should praise God for that, yes, but uh, if that's the only reason we praise Him, then our motive is selfish. God didn't only Uh, send Jesus to help us, but he sent Jesus for the entire world. And we should praise God for that. Amen. We see the shepherds' praise down in verse 20 that we also saw last week. And the shepherds returned after having seen Jesus here. They returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. We saw as we closed out last week's message, they glorified and praised God for all the things they had heard and seen. As it was told them, they they received the good news from the angel. They responded to the good news. They went and saw Jesus. They rejoiced in the good news of having seen Jesus with their own eyes. And then they revealed the good news to others. And we should be careful to do the same. Next we see in Luke chapter number 2, look at verse number 26. We see Simeon's praise as the Lord Jesus Christ was brought to the temple. Um, it says, "In look at verse number 25, verses, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And notice what, why he was waiting. In verse 26, and it was revealed, revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Think about that. He knew he was going to see Jesus. He knew he was going to see the Christ child. He had been given that promise that he was going to see before his death. He was going to see that Christ child. And he was praising God here for his faithfulness to, to fulfill the the word that he gave him. Look at verse 27 and following. It says, And he, and he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child, in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us uh, thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of them, of him. He was praising God for God's faithfulness. He was praising God for God's salvation there. In verse 30, my my eyes have seen thy salvation. He was praising God for his provision for all. He mentioned the Gentiles and Israel. And those of us that are Gentiles, we praise God, don't we? That he died for us too. I'm glad it wasn't, wasn't just to Israel that he came. But he was promised as our provision. And he came to be our provision as well. Now, last of all, I want us to see Anna's praise in Luke two. Look at verse number thirty-six. It says, "And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of about fourscore and four years." Eighty-four years she was a widow. Which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming, to, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake of him to all that looked for the redemption in Israel. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the, of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city she she praised the lord for, for and gave thanks there of what uh, the lord was coming had come into uh, the world to provide the redemption for man last thing i want to mention this morning is my thanksgiving i trust you have thanksgiving in your heart as well i know that those of you that know him certainly do one of my favorite psalms is Psalm 103 that says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. And it talks about not forgetting the benefits of the Lord. And I thank God for all of His benefits. I praise God for the simple things of life that allow us to enjoy living. Don't you? I thank God for who He is and what He does behind the scenes. Praise God for his power and sovereignty and providence. Praise God uh, because of his being, the fact that he's a gracious, long-suffering, gentle, good, merciful God who loved us before we ever loved him. Praise God because of his sacrifice that he gave for you and for me on the cross of Calvary. God gave us the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. I praise God because of his faithfulness. Not only was he faithful in the first advent of our Lord, but he's faithful in that second advent that we're yet waiting on. We're waiting on the return of the Lord. And just as he fulfilled that first advent, man, and people maybe got tired of waiting, but he came through, didn't he? And sometimes we get weary of waiting, don't we? We don't like to wait. I mean, in this society of ours, we're used to having things like that, aren't we? Some of you can go home and pop, pop something in the microwave and beep, 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 and it'll be, it'll be done in just a few seconds. We're, we're so used to having things now that we don't like to wait. But I tell you, the Lord's going to fulfill His Word. I praise God because of His faithfulness and I praise God because I'm one, one more day closer today home to heaven, than I was yesterday. So in light of all that I've said this morning, let's be sure to celebrate Christmas with a a glory and praise that only comes through knowing Christ. And if you don't know Him today, we can help you come to know Him. And we invite you we're going to have a hymn of invitation here in just a minute after I pray. We invite you to come if you don't know Him and let us take the Bible and show you from God's Word how you can know Him today. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we thank you today.